0: It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good Merlin Peen, Isaiah Hole here. I am the publisher of WolverinesWire.com, part of the USA Today sports media group. And the host of your brand spanking new Locked On Wolverines podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, just gonna start off here with number one. This is our uh, this is our first podcast, obviously. Really glad to to join you guys. I know I've heard a lot of uh, a lot of people asking, especially after having left the Wolverine twenty four seven podcast when we were gonna start one up on our own and here we are. we're doing it. Uh, so really excited to, to start this out. Today we're gonna we're gonna get right to business. We're not gonna dawdle. We're just gonna start talking and so we're gonna talk about uh, Michigan's 45 to 20 win over SMU, what I thought about that, the good, the bad. Uh, there was some ugly. there was a lot that wasn't ugly. I think there's some overreaction, but I think that's the case of any single game, good or bad. Uh, second segment, we're gonna come up. We're gonna talk about uh, a little bit about Michigan's competition this season. We're gonna go around the Big Ten. We're gonna see what's uh, what's going around. We're gonna try to keep it like this episode, but at the same time, there's a lot going on uh, in the conference. I'm uh, gonna look down the schedule. It doesn't look as daunting as it did before. So uh, we're gonna do that. Then third, we're gonna discuss who I am, how I got here, what brought me to your eyes, your ears. What uh, what happened? How did I all of a sudden become a uh, a guy talking about Michigan football. Uh, we're we're going to just give you a little bit of a backstory, so you kind of know who a little bit more about me. Uh, but before we do, I want to mention, uh, you know, ever since I started in this industry, people have been asking me for advice. Uh, usually, it's uh, you know, what t- what team to bet on this week? Uh, should I take uh, Should I take Michigan? Should I take the points? What anything like that? But the truth is, I don't know who's going to win. Uh, usually, I think it's going to be Michigan, but uh, I, you know, I don't really know. But if you think you do know, you've got to check out my bookie. Uh, remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why I always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust me, they are the best bet this season. They've been in business for years. They have great reviews online. Their mobile site is easy to use. Yo, know, I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me, and that's why I'm urging you to make your way to my bookie. You win and they pay you out. They have in-game live betting, over/unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. You know, they're slammed. My bookie is slammed with new bettors. They want to give everyone the best service possible. So, if you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 of free play on deposits over $100. That's insane. That's just $25 of free money. Join now, and my bookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. On top of that, enter promo code on college 25 to activate that offer uh join my bookie online today that's m-y-b-o-o-k-i-e and don't forget to use that promo code on college 25 when creating your account to claim up to a thousand dollars in free play and again remember if you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m you can get that extra 25 dollars of free play on 100 it's up to you guys but i'd wait till after dinner take that extra money you play you win you get paid that's my bookie Alright, let's go ahead and jump right in. So, Michigan, 45-220 over SMU. Now, I predicted 55 to nothing. I really definitely thought there was going to be uh, a resounding victory on the offensive side of the ball. And I thought the defense was going to be able to clamp down. I wasn't really impressed with what SMU did. But you know what? SMU threw the kitchen sink at Michigan this game. You know, they really, they really brought out as much as they possibly could. They really wanted to win that game, obviously. So it went really fast as far as that was concerned. Um, it's uh a little, was a little disappointing start the way the offense couldn't get anything in the first quarter. I really expected to see, and maybe this was just think back to 2016, how the offense looked with Wilton at, at the helm. It was always 21 points before you even knew it, uh, before you knew what hit you it was always 21, nothing. Then that's what happened uh, week two against Western Michigan. And, Yenda end end the first quarter of this game, and it was 0-0, and that obviously was disappointing, but they eventually got rolling. 14 offensive points in the first half. Uh, Obviously, you got that pick six by Josh Metellus to close out the first half. Uh, But they ended up doing pretty well, I thought, offensively, once things got going. Just took a minute. Uh, Shea Patterson threw for three touchdowns. Uh, 237 yards, had one interception. It was 14 of 18. I think the most important thing to look at though is 78% passing. I mean, that's just insane. And I've got people on Twitter, on social media. You can follow me there, by the way, at Isaiah Hole. They, uh, people were getting at me saying, like, well, it doesn't really mean anything. It's like, I, it's SMU. Last week it was Western Michigan. It's like, all right, but Notre Dame, you still passed for 67%. Like, sixty-seven percent, seventy-one percent, seventy-eight percent. Last three games. That's that's good. It doesn't matter who it's against, really. Like it could be playing alma Mater Holly High School, and that and seventy-eight percent of your passes completed still pretty phenomenal. It and these are Division One guys. It's like I've said before, they're on scholarship for a reason. SMU isn't in the MAC. Uh, not to speak ill of the Mac, but they're in the American Conference. The American Conference is a pretty good conference. They got they lost to North Texas, which is embarrassing. They lost to um, to TCU, but you know they play in a really good conference. So I still think it's impressive. I don't. I'm not saying it's like impressive on the lines of beating like Colorado in 2016 or anything, but still, when you get Resounding twenty-five point victory over a Division One opponent that's in a good conference, even if it is, even if you're going to hear me say things about like Ohio State giving up thirty-one points to Oregon State, so I'm basically contradicting myself early on. But it's still, I'm still saying it's a, it's a good win. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones emergence, that was really great to see. I've been watching him since his Cast Tech days, and three touchdowns. Finally seeing some real crisp route running there. Jim McElwain's made all the difference with Peoples. He's just done such a great job. But I think kind of lost in the shuffle. Zach Gentry had a career game as well. Uh, Donovan had 90 yards receiving with the three touchdowns. Zach Gentry didn't have any touchdowns, but he had 95 yards. We're finally starting to see that uh, he was being used a lot on that third down as an outlet. And But ball going to a guy that no one can cover. It's really impressive that uh, they're able to do that with him. And I'm really excited to see where they go moving forward with him, but that's all good. And well, however, the offense looked better than the defense, which was something that I think is a little concerning. The, the front four, I thought played fine. Uh, the linebackers played. Okay. Uh, definitely concerned about the secondary. They need to step it up. They're only 17th nationally, uh, which I know that's, most teams would be jumping for joy if they had the 17th rated pass defense, but you're used to Michigan being first in the country. Uh, they've, uh, they were number one the last two years. You're used to seeing passes hit the dirt and that's not the case. They gave up 209 yards passing this past week, which to me is a little concerning. Um, you saw passes being completed on safeties. Obviously, there was the big long one that got completed on Brad Hawkins. He just kind of got lost in the fray there and uh, ended up having to try to catch up to his man. What dude was wide open? Scored the touchdown. But even like the point where you're seeing some passes being thrown on like Lavert Hill and they're getting caught. Um, obviously, there were some aids there in the sense that the refs were really you know putting the flag up pretty much every single throw at a certain point. But still, you want to see things get shored up, especially with Big Ten play starting here in just a minute. And uh, we know what these guys are capable of. I think that's why I'm a little bit more hard on them in that sense, is you know that they're able to have probably, you know, the best pass defense in the country because they've done it before. They did it last year with the same exact four guys back there. So really – curious to see what they do uh see what happens uh the safeties i know that that's the talk and everything i i want to hear a little bit more and we'll see maybe when we talk to them this uh this week and uh, what how much of an issue it was for the sake of not being able to keep contain with the linebackers and the uh the quarterback trying to to run the ball how much that pulled them forward and why they weren't in coverage could be it uh, I'd have to have to go back and do a thorough rewatch to see if that's exactly what happened and why there were some lapses there. But uh, they do need to step it up. That's all I'm saying. All right. Well, that's going to be it for that. We're going to come up next. We're going to talk a little bit more about how Michigan's schedule doesn't quite look as hard as it did coming into the season. That gauntlet looks a little bit lighter. Uh, but want do want to let you know, fantasy football is underway, and we do have two fantasy football shows on this network to help you out. Locked On Fantasy Football 24-7 gives you all the latest news, waiver suggestions, and injury news. Locked On Fantasy Football is now Locked On Fantasy Football experts with amazing guests every Monday, Tom Kessenick, Tuesdays Eric Edholm, Wednesdays Jeff Radliff, and Tyler Lochner. All right, well, we will get back here in just a second where we're going to talk about the schedule. All right, we are back coming up before the end of the show. We're going to talk about who I am, how I got here, why you're listening to me or reading my stuff or whatever. But first, let's talk about Michigan's schedule with the Big Ten coming up. Well, we're going to do that every single Monday, by the way. We're just going to take a look at the schedule, see who everyone played uh, moving forward. We'll look back eventually. We're not going to do that this week. But uh, anyway, if your company is interested in men... Between the ages of 18 and 44, your company should be sponsoring this podcast. If it follows the rest of the Lockdown Networks model, the Lockdown Wolverines podcast will have an audience comprised by 98% men with 80% between the ages of 18 and 44. So if you want men 18 to 44, this is your spot right here. Plus, our rates are reasonable. Email me at lockedonwolverines at gmail.com to find out a little bit more, and we'll talk about it. All right, let's go right into... The Big Ten. Uh, A little disappointing, right? Uh, As far as that's concerned. uh, Keep on... I listen to a lot of SiriusXM, national radio, the uh, college sports, uh, ESPNU and college sports. And uh, yesterday, they're just... Every show said it's a toss-up between which conference division is more disappointing, the the Pac-12 South or the Big Ten West. Big Ten West did not have a good showing. The the East did not have a great showing. Uh, you had one marquee win uh, in the conference uh, in the non-conference play, but outside of that, it was pretty embarrassing. We'll go right in order for Michigan's schedule just to to see what things look like. Things look a lot more manageable than they did before. Now, next opponent's Nebraska. They lost twenty-four nineteen to Troy. To Troy. Now, Troy, okay, no slouch. Alabama school, they beat LSU last year. That was LSU's embarrassing loss, and LSU came back and played pretty good after that. So, Nebraska only had 177 yards passing, 187 yards rushing. That part's pretty good. Uh, You hear that? That sounds an awful lot like Michigan last year. Gave up only 110 passing yards, 143 rushing yards. That sounds pretty good, too, right? Eight tackles for loss, three sacks. That sounds about you know average. It's about what Michigan had. I think it was eight and two for Michigan against SMU. They gave up ten tackles for loss, with three sacks. That's uh, again, that sounds like Michigan last year. Their quarterback. They now they that's the thing. Nebraska's got a new quarterback. That uh, Martinez kid. He's he's not there. Andrew Bunch. He threw for two interceptions. That's the difference. You lose by five points. You can't turn the ball over. That's ended up what happened. Next game after that, Northwestern lost to Akron, 34-39. to 39. Now, Clayton Thorson and uh, yeah another guy who went in for a little bit. I'm not sure why. I didn't get to see any of the game. But between the two, Clayton Thorson threw 52 times, completed 33 of his passes between the two quarterbacks, 405 yards passing. Obviously, Thorson had the lion's share of that. But threw three touchdowns, but had two interceptions. I mean, that's... There you go. They only had 86 yards rushing with the longest being 12 yards, though. And so you had it one side of just the opposite way of what Michigan tends to have it, whereas they were passing the ball all over the place. Now, Thorson, he's a guy that some were saying could definitely be an NFL like first round, second round type guy. So he's starting to show that. But he had the two interceptions. Northwestern fumbled once. They had no running game. On the other end, Akron threw for 277 yards. They only rushed for 90, but they didn't turn the ball over. They did enough. Northwestern loses by five points. So you're starting to see a pattern here. Turnovers, a little bit of uneven play offensively. That's doing the difference. You go back over to the East Division here. Maryland, who beat Texas to start out the year, which I did not pick them to do this year. I picked it to do it last year. They were obviously in turmoil uh, with uh, everything with DJ Durkin. Still no resolution there. But they lost 35-14 to 14 to Temple. 35-14. to 14. That's uh, it's 21 points. That's three scores to Temple. I know Temple's good. They're also in the, uh I believe they're American Conference, right? They, uh, Maryland still shouldn't be losing to Temple. That, that still shouldn't be happening. 63 freaking yards passing by the Terrapins. 63. If you thought things were bad in Ann Arbor last year, 63 passing yards. 132 yards rushing. Guess what they had? Two interceptions. They also gave up 265, sorry, 264 yards passing, 165 yards rushing, so 400 plus yards. Not good, Maryland. No sacks. Only got six tackles for loss. Not, not very good. But just when you think that the uh, the streak is over there as far as games in a row, the fourth opponent for Michigan in the upcoming. The week six, no, seven opponent, week seven opponent, October 13th, Wisconsin inexplicably lost to BYU, 24-21, one score game, we're back to the one score games here, they, I believe they walked it off on a field goal, Alex Hornibrook, corner, quarterback, threw for 190 yards, he rushed for two, uh, they rushed, not he, that'd be, Wisconsin would look a lot different if Alex Hornibrook rushed for 204 yards, but. They rushed for 204 yards. Jonathan Taylor had like 114 of those. So nothing like insane, but no passing touchdowns, all on the ground. One interception. That's that's it. Tanner Mangum, remember that guy? He's still with BYU. It seems like forever ago, considering Tanner Mangum was the starter for BYU tw- when Michigan played it played that team in 2015. Seems like anyone that should would have been on those teams should be gone by now. But I mean, yeah, no Michigan still got guys, obviously Tyree Kennel, Chase Winovich, Brian Monet, but Tanner Mangum only threw for 89 yards. Now you would expect more for a guy who's been in, the, you know, around for that long, but he didn't turn the ball over though. And Squally Canada, the BYU rushing back—that's his name, Squally Canada, name of the year candidate, two rushing touchdowns. Uh, Wisconsin only had six tackles for loss, one sack, but. That interception actually made a bit of the difference. Can't turn the ball over. Michigan State, they didn't play. They're coming off a loss, might as well be a loss. We'll put a lo- another one in the loss column for the Spartans just because we can. It's a Wolverines podcast. Penn State, finally, we have we have a team that did really well. Penn State beat Kent State 63-10, 346 yards, passing 297 yards, rushing the Nittany Lions. Yes, lesser competition, but they're just blowing the doors off of everybody not named Appalachian State. So uh, they blew the doors off Pitt. Really good opponent. ACC beat a team like Kent State that need that obviously they needed to beat in this sort of way. But two quarterbacks played. They had seven ball carriers. Just being able to really bring in whoever they wanted. Only one turnover overall. Had 15 tackles for loss and seven sacks. So for all of the my consternation that Penn State maybe didn't have as good of a defense. Maybe I was wrong. Basically where I'm going to be with that. Um, Trace McSorley, another amazing game. Miles Sanders, really good on the ground. I think I'm going to have to rethink my Trace McSorley criticism. I've been going at it for a while. I wanted to see what it was like without Saquon. Uh, I think it's obviously pretty good. Um, I think he's obviously really good. Rutgers, whatever that is, lost to Kansas, 55-14. to 14. Uh, still don't know what a Rutgers is. Uh, we'll we'll find out eventually. Clearly, it can't beat a, whatever a Kansas football team is, which is not good. Uh, Kansas, I believe, lost to Eastern. Is that a, is that a thing? Central, somebody, one of the directional schools. Uh, Indiana is maybe. Indiana should be in the West, holding that division up. They're three and zero. They just beat a Ball State team that uh, that Notre Dame struggled with a little bit in week two, 38 to 10, Indiana might be the best team in the state of Indiana. Uh, now I think Notre Dame is, but Indiana, Tom Allen's doing something down there, man. Really? Uh, I, I think, I think a lot of Indiana, what they're able to do. Uh, but let's get to the marquee game, Ohio state, The rest of those games, Penn State looks daunting. Um, Wisconsin looks less daunting than it did before. They come to Ann Arbor. Ohio State still looks daunting. Took them a while to pull away from TCU. I did get to watch a bit of that game after Michigan's game. Dwayne Haskins impressed me, though. Um, I I wasn't as slow to get on that train as I am the Trace McSorley one, but 24-38, 344 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. They took care of the ball. J.K. Dobbins had 121 yards. K.J. Hill had 95 yards, touchdown. Difference in that game was TCU's turnovers. That fumble near the beginning of the second half, that cost them two interceptions. I mean, you can't do that against a team like Ohio State. They'll kill you. And they did it with Nick Bosa being out for most of the second half, or all the second half. I can't remember when he got injured. Ohio State does look really good. I don't know that they're unbeatable, but they look really good. All right, that that was a lot to get through, but we'll try to make that more concise moving forward. We're going to move on, but next I'm going to tell you a little bit more about myself and where I came from, how I got here. We're going to keep that one a little bit short, shorter. I'm just going to give you just a brief play-by-play. We can talk about it more later. Uh, Lockdown Network is expanding with college shows. Coming this week, obviously, our podcast started. Lockdown Wolverines, Lockdown Buckeyes, Lockdown Seminoles are coming as well. Plus, we're, we already have Lockdown of the Ducks, Nittany Lions, bears crimson tide wildcats razorbacks for volunteers cougars find your favorite college show on apple podcast google podcast or spotify the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, and we are back. We're going to finish out with me telling you a little bit about how I got here. Uh, Obviously, there's a... It's quite a story, but we're going to keep it really concise because we're already... uh, podcast number one we're running out of time already so uh let's just uh get to it as fast as possible so uh i graduated from the university of michigan so michigan fans uh i have your heart and interest in mind i wouldn't call myself a fan now that i'm you know a, in the journalism position uh but uh i did go to michigan i grew up rooting for michigan Uh, I graduated in 2008 after taking some time off. Uh, Graduated in 2008 with a degree in Screen Arts and Cultures, which is a film degree. Uh, They changed the name to Screen Arts and Cultures to make it sound more um, academic. They have since switched it back to, like I don't know, Film and Media Studies or something like that. But I wanted to work in the industry, uh, so I moved to Hollywood. I wanted to be a talent agent, so I joined up with United Talent Agency, which was founded by a Michigan alum, Peter Benedek. And there's a ton of Michigan alums there. And I wanted to wanted to be a talent agent. I wanted to be Ari Gold. But I wanted to be a nice Ari Gold. I didn't want to be a mean Ari Gold. Uh, but I only wanted to do that for a little bit. And then I wanted to get back to the creative side, because I studied mostly like producing, and I enjoyed making movies and stuff on my own, uh, being my own cinematographer, being my own everything like that. But when I got to working in the motion picture talent department, that means, um, and I was working and putting movie stars, because United Talent Agency only represents like A and B list, maybe C list actors. Not a lot of unknowns. If they're unknown, they're it's mostly unknown by the public, not unknown by producers and casting directors and stuff like that. So I was working in motion picture feature talent, helping put movie stars into uh, movies, and I just hated it. I didn't like it. didn't enjoy it. And if I wanted to work at a studio, kind of what I wanted to do in the first place, uh, I would have had to go towards the lit side, which means I would have had to, uh, I would have had to work with writers, directors, producers, and that. But uh, we kept on being the runner-up because I had a really strong foundation about writing and everything due to, you know, my interest at Michigan. But was the runner-up at uh, several different companies, several different studios. Uh, so I moved back home. Um didn't do it on purpose came home from the holidays didn't leave eventually had my you know some of my stuff shipped out left the rest in a storage unit kind of sucks lost just thousands upon thousands of dollars worth of stuff but just couldn't afford to bring it back uh that's how i got into photography because i bought a camera thought i was going to start making little short films somehow became a political photographer briefly Hated how divisive that is being on, you know, either side of the aisle. You know, you just say, you know, who you're affiliated with and automatically people, you know, ascribe meaning to that and don't ask you who you are personally or what you believe and whatever, you just get boiled down into something. So I wanted to do something more fun with it. I offered my services up to, uh, was a subscriber at 24-7 Sports, Wolverine 24-7. I was a big fan of Steve Lorenz, so I reached out to him and uh, took him a little while. But he had seen, uh, I think, I think this is what he had said. He'd seen my, uh, it's been a couple years. Some of the work I did at part of the Alumni Association, doing uh, photographed the 2014 Michigan football bus, the year-end banquet. And uh, based off of that, asked me if I wanted to photograph the spring game in 2015. And, uh, Jim Harbaugh's first. And so I took that up and then I saw that they didn't have a, uh, they didn't have a beat writer on the ground. There a guy who was like the beat writer was, uh, Clint Brewster, who uh, is uh, a fun, you know, son of Tim Brewster and, uh, he's former quarterback there, in Minnesota, really, really good analyst, really good scout, really sees football in ways that most people can't, but he was down in Nashville and they didn't have a guy on the ground in Ann Arbor. So. I started going to all the press conferences and I started writing. And from that, it took a it took a little bit of time. I went down to the Army All American Games part of twenty four seven Sports. Spent the week with uh, Barton Simmons and Steve Wiltfong and all those guys, and was around uh, Shea Patterson and Brandon Peters and you know all these really really good athletes. Uh, and a couple months later, they finally made the hire official. It wasn't just like a you know little you know pay for play type deal. Finally made it official. Became part of 24-7 Sports. Was there for two years. And uh, and then, uh, unfortunately, uh, my time there ended. And fortunately, uh, for me, got to start up Wolverine's Wire, part of USA Today Sports. And uh, we're rocking and rolling ever since then. So, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the story. If you have any questions, you can definitely reach out definitely would be glad to uh to answer any questions. We'll talk more about that later. Um we'll talk more about that when we have more time. Uh before we go, I am a pretty spontaneous guy. You know, I went and saw Kendrick Lamar this summer. Uh I bought my tickets like an hour before the show started. I just kind of decided like, you know what, I'm going to do? I'm going to go see Kendrick Lamar. Um I I'm a big Kendrick fan. But uh I do that all the time. Concerts pistons lions tigers i mean not so much anymore because i really don't want to spend any of my hard-earned money to watch those teams play the way they do but you get the point with vivid seats you can attend the concert show or sporting event of your choice at a great price vivid seats is the top source for tickets for all live events that you want to go to you can sort by price or look for seats in the section and row of your choice to make things even better vivid seats is giving listeners an exclusive promo code for twenty dollars off Orders of $200 or more to save even more money. Just go to the App Store or Google Play and download the Vivid Seats apps. Vivid Seats app. Use promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more. Every purchase is backed by 100% buyer guarantee. From the biggest concerts and games to the hottest theater and more, Vivid Seats has it all. Download the app and enter the promo code Locked On for $20 off orders of $200 or more make a memory that lasts a lifetime and let vivid seats. help you get to your favorite live event. All right. Now football is here. And that also means the fantasy football season and FanDuel have, is around. And it's never been more fun or easier to play. If you're not a fantasy expert, then FanDuel is clearly the best place to play. FanDuel has something for everyone. And there are more ways to win than ever before. You don't believe us. How does this sound? FanDuel is running a free $250,000 survivor contest. Uh, It's the biggest free Survivor contest ever. Here's how it works. You pick one team to win each week. You can't reuse that team again for the rest of the season. Uh, So you just go on and you try to win. Uh, Now, I'm still a fan of guys like Brady and Stafford, even with bad weeks and bad losses, but I don't sleep on guys like Patrick Mahomes. uh, Six touchdowns. So FanDuel continues to be fun, whether you do the Survivor, you do the week by week, you play with friends... Uh, they have completely reworked the friends' capabilities to include an easier and more fun way to invite people and play head-to-head. So, Fanduel.com slash LockedOn. That's where you find it. Plus, New Year's, you get $20 bonus when they make their first deposit on Fanduel. So, Fanduel.com slash LockedOn. Coming up tomorrow, and on to- and tomorrow's show, we're going to talk about a little bit of football recruiting. Dax Hill with five-star was in town. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about... Uh, Some of these guys they already have. Giles Jackson just released some highlights. Looks really good. And we're going to play a little game about what Jim Harbaugh has to say in his press conference on Monday. Uh, It's going to be a fun thing. We're going to do it every Tuesday. For the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole on Twitter. If you want to be a featured sponsor on the show, please email me at LockedOnWolverines at gmail.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, or online at WolverinesWire.com, where we're going to go ahead and post every single one of our daily podcasts every day to go along with the rest of your Michigan football coverage. This was Locked On Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it is your team every day. Hey, Prime members.